God gave me another word on worship and why we worship. And this morning I want to talk about the war for your worship. How many know there's a war for your worship this morning? The war for your worship. Revelation 4, 8. We can go there. It says the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night. And they keep on saying, let's all do it, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come. Holy. Psalm 19.1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Father, we thank you this morning for your presence that's been here. We ask, Lord God, that you would anoint these lips of clay to minister a word in due season, and that, Lord, your people would receive it, and we would become stronger in our worship of you. And, Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name. Now, saints, there's a war raging, and it's raging for our worship And it's been that way since before there was time. Enemy is looking to take your worship away. You see, worship also matters because every day there is a battle for your worship. Every day that you walk, every day that you breathe, and everything that you do all day long... The enemy is battling your worship and who you worship and what you worship. Even before the earth was formed, one of God's highest angels bolted from God's presence, refusing, he refused to join the ranks of the true worshipers. This angel refused, he's the highest angel in heaven, refused to join the ranks of worship. He was determined to not exalt God above all. The The biblical account records that in a flash, this angel, who was Satan himself, fell like lightning from heaven because he exalted himself more than God. Satan was banned from God's presence forever. Yet having been in God's presence, Satan knows God is central and worthy of all praise. See, he was in his presence, and he knew that 
God was central and he needed all the praise. He knew it. You see, he heard the anthem. He heard it. He heard that anthem. He seen the glory. He was right there. He's seen it. And he knew the score. But because of pride, a lot of times because of pride we can't worship. We don't want to worship. But because of pride, he could not bow. He could not bow. And now, pushed on by self, amen, pushed on by self, he leads a band of fallen brothers. Come on, saints. He leads a band of falling brothers, spreading his mutiny, mutiny to as many as he can. He spreads it among those who have a little pride and a little, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't, no, I can't work yet. I got other things in my mind. You know, I can't rip. And they spread it, this mutiny. But how many know, saints, that's where we come in. That's where we come in. So my question this morning, how does Satan advance his rebellion against God today? How does he do it? We have all kinds of answers and all kinds of different things, but how does he do it? Well, I believe he does it by contesting his supremacy throughout the earth, leading a traitor race. He's leading a traitor race to exchange the truth of God for a lie. And also to worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. He's out there. Let me say this. Let me, let me say this. Satan cannot and he can't stop worship from happening, but he'll deceive anyone. He'll deceive anyone who lets him. He'll deceive anyone who lets him, which leads to empty wells and puny little gods. It leads to emptiness, and we worship puny little gods. If you go to Acts, the 17th chapter, and the 22nd to the 30th verse, there's something here that I found interesting. <clears throat> Let's start at verse 22. Paul is addressing some people here. Then Paul stood in the midst of Erechopus, and he said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. 
God who made the world and everything in it, since he, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointment times and the boundaries of their dwellers, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now, but now, commands all men everywhere to repent. You see that the Apostle Paul is giving a message to the men of Athens. And the council that Paul addressed here that day was called the Eropagus, named after Arius, A-R-E-S the Greek god of war. He's addressing these men. And I found it interesting that this is the setting, this council of men here in Arachopus, that God chose this setting for Paul to give this address on the full meaning of life. We need to give it to the Senate. That's who he was talking to. He was talking to the political leaders of the day. Oh, come on, saints. But he chose that setting for, for him to deliver the message of life. And on this day, God's words of truth landed in the very arena where opinions, come on, where opinions battled, where war was waged, and war was waged daily to shape the philosophical foundation of man's existence. This is where he tells Paul to give his address. And in the same way, the very fallen angel who challenged God will challenge what God is saying to you. He will challenge every word that God is saying to you. And the challenge is called temptation. It is called deception. Come on, somebody. It is called falsehood. 
It is called lies. And it is called thievery. That's what it's called. And the challenge is called temptation. He will